Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello and welcome to Indians on Deck, the Let's Go Tribe Cleveland Indians Prospect Podcast. I'm Matt Schlichting, and as always, we are joined by Brian Hemminger. Brian, what's up? My spirits. I was at the All-Star Game last night, and that was fun. So, don't get to do that every year. And I got to go to the Futures game on Sunday. So it was it was an interesting week. We had unfortunately, I may have made a poor decision because with our All Star tickets, you get to choose: did you want to go to the Home Run Derby or the Futures game? And I'm like, well, I'm the prospect writer. Let's go to the Futures game. And I did not get to watch the epic Home Run Derby, possibly the greatest Home Run Derby in the history of Home Run Aww. Derbies. And some of my friends went to the home run derby, and one of them caught a freaking Vladimir Guerrero Jr. home run. Does he still have hands, though? <laughs> uh, I think so. I think he had a glove, and it may be ruined Good. forever. But yeah. So, but regardless, the the futures game was fun. I got to watch uh, also the celebrity softball game. Before that, uh, J.R. Smith batted without a shirt on. <laughs> of course, he did, <laughs> and hit a triple. Uh, but it was it was Cleveland versus the world. And that actually was a little bit more entertaining than the Futures game because the Futures game, I have a couple complaints about it. The format was seven innings. I don't understand why they would not play a nine inning game when yeah. you have the best prospects in the planet. It's just like an all-star game. So I, I did, did not understand that. And then the two Indians prospects, they put at the bottom of the order, eight and nine. So they and in a seven inning game with everybody with the pitching being so good and hits being sparse. They only both got to bat one time, Nolan Jones and Daniel Johnson. And they both grounded out on the first pitch they saw. And Daniel Johnson's known for having a cannon arm and being very good defensively. And I did not get to see him in the field because he was the DH. (laughs) Stupid. (laughs) So, yeah, that was a little frustrating. We really didn't get to see much of of the Indians' prospects. But uh, overall, it was still an awesome experience. And the All-Star Game list. And I'll let everybody else talk about that because, you know, everybody watched that last night. But... It was a special night yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I was so, I don't know if you guys heard, um, but when Chapman was throwing in the ninth inning, it's like the guys, some drunk guys right behind us started a Rajay Davis chant <laughs> <laughs> and it got pretty loud. <laughs> like the right, the whole right field, like started chiming in with it. So that's but, pretty fun. <laughs> and it was so fun to boo every Yankee and every Cub and every twin. As you should. <laughs> so, yeah, it was it was a great experience, though. Uh, probably the best experience of the whole week was that I got to interview Nolan Jones. So if you guys saw that, it's on the Let's Go Tribe website. That is knocking another one off of my to-do or to-interview list. 
So I've now, I think, talked to maybe five or six of the Indians draft picks from that 2000 epic 2016 class. So I think I've seen, I've talked to Benson, I've talked to Jones, I've talked to Bieber, Playsack, and maybe somebody else, uh, Connor Capel, who ended up getting traded for Oscar Mercado. So yeah. That's that's pretty crazy. Yeah, this was another really good interview too. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. So I hope you guys were sports entertained by that interview. And I'm going to be being a little more active with those. That was my first one this year, so I was. But we'll have a lot more to come the rest of the season. You ready to move on? I am pumped to move on. As always, we'll begin with the top ten players in the Cleveland Indians system, and Tristan McKenzie. It sounds like there are more rumors and rumblings about his existence. Yeah, we saw. I mean, I think the last week we were had the show, we talked about how they're hoping to that he'll be activated after the All-Star break. Well, the All-Star break is about to end. I haven't heard anything particularly new in that direction, but um, he was throwing live batting practice uh, mid-June, and I'm hoping that he'll be starting a rehab assignment very shortly. So I haven't heard anything he, about setbacks. or Where is he likely to get sent for a rehab assignment? I would think starting the ACL like Danny Salazar did. Yeah. So that okay. would make the most sense. So it would be really funny to see how that goes. I mean, Salazar was throwing immaculate innings. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm thinking McKenzie will do just fine. Um, I do have an update on McKenzie. If you li- did read the Nolan Jones interview, he has switched from Fortnite to Apex Legends critical and that he's done it he is still very good at video games so <laughs> he, is, he is spending his injury recovery time wisely <laughs> uh moving on looks like uh nolan jones made the best of a short period of time that he was playing because half of his week was cut off due to the all-star break yeah he Played in three games, hit 273 with a 385 on base percentage, had a homer, had a double, walked a couple of times against four strikeouts, and then had that appearance in the Futures game, which you mentioned here that he made an impression, even though he only had the one at bat. The impression was in batting practice. Um, some people Ooh. talked about how during the batting practice where all the prospects got to, to hit, he hit the most home runs. So that's pretty I cool. I like it. And as a lefty in an progressive field that is a very nice place to be smacking them oh i should i should mention that during the celebrity softball game that was on the same that happened right before the futures game travis hafner was in the cleveland lineup and he hit a ball like they have the home run fence about halfway down the outfield because i mean it's celebrity softball game you're not expecting him just be mashing but hafner hit one out of the park (laughs) they said it was the first time any player or celebrity in that game has ever uh, left a major league baseball field with uh, during the celebrity softball. Game. So that was hilarious. I mean, he just killed the softball. It's like the <laughs> best person to do that too. Yeah. He hit it right to Pronkville too. So that was, yes. that was pretty funny. So the next guy we've got in the system here is Tyler Freeman and he did just fine. Yeah, I would say um, in six games and he has been, he was promoted to high a about, three weeks ago, and in six games at high A this past week, he batted 440 with a 481 on base percentage and 560 slugging. Had three doubles, two strikeouts, a walk, a hit by pitch, and a stolen base. On the season now, he's batting 310 with a 396 on base percentage, and he is batting, I think, 371 at high A. 371! 
he's doing better. It's it's ridiculous. This is this is supposed to be more difficult, but that's just how talented this kid is. But Freeman's also the one that gets hit by a, a unusually high <laughs> number of pitches, right? Yeah, I saw a ridiculous ratio on the Let's Go Tribe site uh, this morning. I knew that he got hit by a lot of pitches. I did not realize that he's almost been hit by more pitches than he struck out. I mean, usually the thing to look at is the walk to strikeout ratio. He's struck out 68 times in his minor league career. He's been hit by 46 pitches. <laughs> How do you even... Some people yeah. don't get hit that many times uh, in their Freeman career, and Greg right? Allen are probably the top two for Indians prospects that get hit by pitches. I don't know what their secret is. Maybe they took like a Brandon Geyer summer camp or something. Had <laughs> <laughs> an uh, intensive. But... Yeah, Eddie Murray. Eddie Murray got hit career. by a pitch 18 times. <laughs> in a 20 year career and that's over 13,000 at bats what the hell is he doing i, I remember Geyer hit? had a special secret that a he never got out of the way for the most part and b like he actually with like his leg kick like a part of his lower body actually goes slightly through the strike zone um but i don't know what the secret is with Allen and freeman but i need to talk to them about it so <laughs> oh yeah well even like I guess Rizzo's a guy mm-hmm. you can look at just because of how close he stands to the plate. I guess yeah. he's gotten hit 132 times in his career. So, yeah, that's impressive what, what he's been able to pull off. So, yeah, Tyler Freeman, HBP machine. Getting on base. So, moving <laughs> on, we have Bo Naylor, who we've been pretty high on recently. So, how'd Bo do this past week? It was not bad. He played four games, 235, didn't draw any walks uh, as part of those hits, but managed to have a 471 slugging percentage courtesy of a home run Mm -hmm. showing a little bit of power there and a double he did strike out six times but and he got a hit in each of those four games and i believe he's on like a 12 game hitting streak right now so that's another thing to think about so well done bo naylor and that brings us along to George Valera. Down in Mahoning Valley, low A, he played seven games. Didn't have the greatest batting average, 238, but he was on base a lot. Uh, had seven walks, and his on-base percentage was 425. He did hit a home run, uh, so his slugging percentage was lower than the on-base, than on but 381, and he stole three bases. Um, Valera also, in that home run, if you watch it, it is scary because it looks like he almost like barely flicks his wrist and the ball just leaves the field oppo. I mean, I don't understand how a human can hit a ball that far with that little effort. (laughs) And so that's something that I've been curious about with him is some of the scouting reports I was reading. And this was after he got announced in baseball prospectus as one of their top 50 prospects. It seems like people don't know if he has like enough power. He's got power. Like if, like if the, if, if the hit tool's not there, then he's not going to be an effective hitter. And it's like everything I've seen of him. Sure. He's five ten, but he obliterates the ball. Like, I'm not sure what they're looking at. I, and if you've seen like Instagram stuff of him, like at the training facility, whatever, working out, whatever, doing stuff, the dude is ripped too. So, I mean, he is, I mean, he 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 just it it just takes such little effort, and the ball just screams off of his bat. So yeah, I I am still a monster fan of George Valera, and just because he had one week where he batted two thirty eight, everything else looked amazing on his stat line. And then to also be stealing bases is great too. So 
Uh, and if you remember last week, we were a little concerned about Bobby Bradley. Uh, it looks like he turned things around uh, this past week. What would you say? We only had three games in the sample size, but... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> his WRC plus was 491. Yeah. He hit three doubles, 800-800-1.4 slash line. Um, and that brings his season total. Is this his MLB um, slash line? No, that that, the that? other slash that is his only MILB. Like, I don't want to combine major league with minor. So the minor league's not going to change since he's been called up until he, if he gets sent down. So if, but that was very nice to see. He had that great game against Kansas city in the final game of that series. I think he went three for four with a, a double and two singles. And then in the Cincinnati series, he pinch hit in both games and both games. He hit a double during his, his one pinch hit appearance. So mm -hmm. awesome week for Bobby Bradley. Very happy to see that. And that's why I said that, you should just keep giving him more opportunities because that's the kind of thing he'll, he'll do. Find a way. What is funny is the one time he got out this whole past week, it was a strikeout. So he still maintained a, still had a 20% strikeout rate, even though he batted 800. <laughs> Bapip of a thousand. So assuming he stays up for the foreseeable mm -hmm. future and forever, when do we officially retire him as a prospect? The way that works is once they qualify, I would say. Like Oscar Mercado actually just uh lost his rookie status um i think june 24th or so so mm -hmm. he is now not on the mlb pipeline top 30 for the indians and they uh -huh. replaced him who would you replace him with that was not in the top 30 before i tell you is there anybody oh out of and this is a little unfair since you're not quite as familiar with who was on there but was there somebody that's having a great season that maybe was not unheralded at entering this season i'm trying to think if like kai tom was in the top 30 but I feel like he because he's had a great season, but maybe he wouldn't be considered as good a prospect because he's a little older. But then you've got guys like Escobedo and Yaner Diaz that are super young, but are doing stupid things to the ball. I'm going to say it was Escobedo. Nope, it is Zach Plasek. He was not in the top 30. That makes sense because he wouldn't he would still be considered a prospect. At this yeah, point I mean, he's getting he'll he'll lose his rookie status this year if he continues to stick around in the rotation. But yeah, and they must have really liked him because usually when somebody enters the top 30 for the first time, they put him in at like 30, but they put Playsec at 15. <laughs> so good for good for Zach. And, and he probably won't be there long if he continues to pitch and graduates as well. But very nice to see him get recognized by MLB Pipeline finally for having such a strong season. So, okay, uh, moving on. Looks like Brian Rocchio played this week as well. And he ended up hitting uh, 222, 267, 370. A triple, two doubles. Stole a couple of bases and was caught once. Drew a couple of walks. Not a fantastic week. You'd like the on-base to be a little bit mm -hmm. higher, but... Yeah, nothing crazy there, but no, I mean, nothing that's going to scare you. I, I tell you, the only scary thing with Rocchio this season that surprised me a little bit is I think he already has eight errors. I mean, I know shortstop's Ooh. a position where you're going to have a lot of opportunities. Guys are hitting the ball harder. Um, you know, it's the game speeding up. But, I mean, I watched him make just these ridiculous plays during spring training for the Indians this year. <laughs> like, just mind-blowing plays. So I'm a little surprised that, that he's been having a little bit of trouble defending. Well, hopefully those are the kind of errors that he's touching balls that other shortstops wouldn't even dream of having the range. Yeah. To and and that's something you have after. to take into consideration every time is when yeah. somebody has a bigger range than another player, then they can 
get more errors as well by trying to make bigger plays. Errors are so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that brings us to Luis Oviedo, who, uh, how are his adventures going these uh, days? This week in Luis Oviedo, uh, he <laughs> had one start and it wasn't horrible. It was, he must have really liked the number three. He went uh, three and two thirds innings pitched, gave up three hits, had three strikeouts, three walks, and two runs, not three. <laughs> so it wasn't that great, but it wasn't, you know, embarrassing. But, um, you know, six base runners in three and two thirds innings pitched, you know, not the best whip, but could have been worse. It was actually an, it was imp- an improvement in his strikeouts per nine innings. How about that? <laughs> it got there his you know. strikeouts per nine up to seven on the season. That's, I think, the only number that improved after that performance. <laughs> but uh, speaking of performers, uh, someone that we've been very high on since the beginning of this season, Ethan Hankins pitched this past. How did he do? He had a couple of very nice starts. Uh, he didn't quite go five innings in either of them, but he struck out 12 guys in nine total innings. So definitely had the swing and miss stuff working. Only gave up a run, only gave up seven hits and, and two walks in those nine innings. Uh, three total runs allowed, but only one of those. Yeah, was a bunch earned. of errors screwed screwed him up a little bit there. Ethan Hankins is just somebody that I'm so excited about right now. I mean, he, he's going out there and he's taking care of business every time he's on the mound. I think his worst start this season, he gave up two runs. So two earned runs. This past one, he gave up three runs, one earned, his most recent start. But man, he's just blowing people away. He really is. I think out of his five starts, four of them have been four plus innings and three of them have been four plus with no runs. And two of them were four plus, no runs, no hits. So I would not be shocked one bit if by the end of this season, he's at single A because, <laughs> I mean, he just doesn't look like he has a lot left to prove at the low A level. Yeah, I mean, he, he is absolutely one of the best pitchers at that level. Through five starts, his ERA is 1.25. He's overpowering guys completely. Yeah, I watched uh, one of the strikeouts from his most recent performance, and he just painted the outside corner against a, a righty. And it, it, the, the pitch had Ooh, filthy yeah, movement, Yeah, I saw that too, clip. So. It, was, it was not a fair thing to do to another human yeah, being. It was, it it was a comeback <laughs> uh, cut fastball. I mean, just started outside the zone as a righty and then just poof, moved right right onto the outside corner. Last but not least, we had Sam Henkes, also an adventure this season, but it looked like his most recent performance wasn't too bad. Yeah, he had a start where he pitched six innings, only gave up two runs. Uh, only two strikeouts, which is always interesting to see in a start when there's that many balls in play, but only five of them went for hits, so you can't yeah, complain about quality that. quality start. I will never complain about a quality start. Yeah, I'd say the only thing that I'm a little concerned was that he only struck out two in that in that uh, start. But you know what? <laughs> if he's going to keep runs off the board, then I'll take it, especially if he can go six innings and have one walk. His walks have really been yeah. his biggest kryptonite this season. So having a nice start. With like low, we know he yeah. can strike guys out. Exactly. His, so as long as he... Yeah, his caper nine on the season's hovering around nine. So, I mean, we know he can strike guys out. So what he needs to do is keep the walks he's at. I think 4.18 walks per nine on the season, which is too much. So to, to go six innings, one walk, that's something I'm ecstatic about. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. 
With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Heck yeah. I'm also ecstatic about the five guys that were the best out of anywhere in the system this week. Uh, We do have one person in this list who is also in the top 10, but it's a pretty good mix of players. And and to kick things off, we have Alex Royalty. Tell us a little bit about his week. Yeah, I mean, Alex Royalty was an eighth round pick last year by the Indians of the 2018 draft. Is he a lefty? Let me double check. No, he's a righty, but he was uh, out of UNC Wilmington, so a college arm. But he had two amazing starts. In uh, his two starts, he went a total of 11 innings pitched, allowed six hits, only one earned run, struck out 11. So his whip was 0.66, ERA 0.4. Well done, Alex Royalty. And next up, uh, a familiar name in the top five since the mids, since the short season has started. We have Mr. Is, is it is it Yainer? I, I, I it call Yainer? him Yainer. I mean, it could be Yainer or Yainer. It's going to be like with Yandi Diaz where we don't quite know for a little while. I saw somebody ask, and this was this really made me laugh a little bit. They asked if he was the fusion of Yandi Diaz and... Oh, what was his name? They used there was a an Anar Diaz. <laughs> if you remember Anar from uh, way back in the day, uh, catcher for the uh-huh. Indians, and it's kind of true, like a catcher that rakes. <laughs> Yaner, Yandi, and Anar again. He hit five twenty nine this <laughs> yeah, week. My God, get this man out of the it's Arizona rookie league. It's not supposed to no, be this easy. And the next guy on the list, it's the exact same thing. And I believe that you had a, a small wager you made with yourself. I did. This young man. And this is so frustrating <laughs> because he did everything I asked him to do and he did not get rewarded for it. And that is so unfair. Julian or Julian Escobedo, uh, and a college bat drafted by the Indians, who I said last week, had better not be on the AZL Indians at this time during next week's podcast, or I would eat my shopping list. And he goes four games and slashes 467, 579, 667 with a triple, a double, four walks, does not strike out the whole week, and steals three bases, puts up a 227 WRC+, and they don't promote him! Promote this man! He does not. The he slugging should not, could be a little. Yeah, higher. I guess he could have hit a home run every other at bat. <laughs> but come on, guys! <laughs> like this, the Arizona Rookie League is for development. He is not developing right now. Okay, well, and this is his third year down there. <laughs> no, no, right? Escobedo. They just drafted him. This is no. That's right. Yeah. I was thinking Diaz. Else, this is sorry. his third season, and this is his second year. That's right. At the AZL, so Diaz should be out of here too. Both of them. Yeah. They have no reason to be in the Arizona Rookie League. Like, this should be an opportunity for other young Indians talent to be getting an opportunity to grow and develop. And these guys right now are just raking and making them all hate themselves because they're they're making it look way too easy. And they should both be on the Mahoning Valley roster at least. I mean, Escobedo 
I mean, talent-wise, probably could even be on Lake County at this point. So this really frustrates me. And if you are listening, yes, I am tearing my shopping list into some small pieces. <laughs> I'm going to do this live on the podcast. And I'm You're... I'm a man of my word. Mm-hmm. So I hope that, you know, there's not too many chemicals in this paper. It does have some uh, pictures and shapes and colors did on you, it. Did you illustrate your... Shopping items? No. But <laughs> not true. I, I do remember a few things that were on there. There was uh, spaghetti squash, tuna, Ooh. celery. I needed to buy some turmeric and some diced tomatoes. Okay. Oh, it's disgusting. Uh-huh. Is that a receipt? No. I was oh, just remembering. I was wondering if you had that uh, direct thermal coating on there. That's tasty No. <laughs> oh, man. It's <this> gross. <laughs> okay. I'm going to let you... Talk about sure. our other. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll let you talk about Ethan Hankins again while I try to. I might have to wash this down. So give me a second. Yeah. Go ahead and take care of yourself. Uh, Ethan Hankins, as we mentioned, just a great week. He's been a really exciting kid to watch. When you can get clips of him pitching on Twitter, you absolutely should go check him out. The movement that he puts on the ball is it just it's hard to imagine him not being a major league pitcher someday. Um, the final guy. From our top five this past week, though, is a young man by the name of Daniel Schneeman. And I don't know about you. And as someone whose last name is Schlichting, I feel like I have some leeway here in making fun of last names. But Schneeman just sounds like it's a brand of <laughs> oh, like I could use some bread right Schneeman's now. Wheatloaf. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Daniel Schneeman, <laughs> I think he was like a, a late day three pick last year. But he had it. I mean, he, he batted pretty well. And he's kind of been viewed as an org guy that can just kind of fill some utility infield spots where they need him. And uh, But this week, he was on fire. Uh, he's been on fire for about 10 games, actually, so dating into the week before. But in six games this week, he uh, betted uh, slash 444, 524, 722 with a triple, three doubles, two walks, a hit-by-pitch, and a stolen base. And he actually had a higher WRC+. plus. Then Escobedo and Yaner Diaz. So at 252. So, and that takes something. So, I, I mean, I don't really view Schneeman as like a super prospect or anything, but doesn't matter. If you have a monster week, you're going to get on our five best yeah. from everywhere. Yeah, it's fun to call these guys out who, I mean, maybe this will, and hopefully not, but maybe this ends up being the best week of his professional career. So celebrate it. Or enjoy he it. He keeps this going, and next year he is on our prospect list. So, yeah. And um, I did want to give a couple shout outs to some guys that just missed the cut as well. Uh, Rob Kaminsky, he went three games this week at AAA, so he has been promoted, and he allowed one hit in those three appearances, 3.2 total innings, struck out five, and walked one, and did not allow any runs. So, way to go, Rob. Love it. And you had one more that you wanted to give a shout-out to. I'll let you take care of that while I try to finish swallowing. Mitch Longo, he hit 389, 522, 500, uh, five walks on the week definitely helped drive that on base percentage up unlike it seems like most of the guys on our lists this week he was not hit by a pitch at any point uh only struck out four times in those five games just a really good week um for him and i want to take just a quick moment while we're shouting him out and papers being digested Mm -hmm. to (laughs) see where he's been on the year he's having a pretty solid year at double a he's been up in akron 265, 349, 405. He, yeah. What, what what held Longo back was he missed some time for like a month with an end. But it, it, he definitely has been on fire now for, I think, all of July and then 
part of June. So nice to see. I would like to to see him, uh, you know, keep improving his power. Like he, he had a little bit of a spike here late in June. I think he's he only has like four home runs on the season, but this is a guy that just makes great contact at the plate. If you remember, like he broke out two seasons ago when he was at Lake County and was batting like 400 for the whole season. So, yeah. you know, he's just an advanced college bat and is still putting up good numbers. So I'm happy for Mitch. And I think that he could be a, an MLB bat somewhere. I don't know if it'll be with the Indians down the road along the way, but I do think that he makes it big leagues with uh, you know his batting profile. That brings us to the transaction section of this week's podcast. A uh, bit of movement here over the all-star break for the mm-hmm. Indian system. What did we have going on? Yeah, a couple, you know, we'll start with the injuries, retirements, released, traded, suspended list. So these are all the bad things. This one's probably the worst of them all. Uh, Aaron Savalli, yeah. in his last start, um, you know, the Indians sent him down to, to get a little work in and potentially call him back up. And he was destroying, if you remember, uh, he was our top five of the week last week. And then in his start, his most recent start, he only went two innings, and then and the bullpen ended up coming in, and I was like, "What happened?" Because you know those two innings were two shutout innings because he's been on fire, and then they retroactively placed him on the injured list with right shoulder tightness. So this, Please I no. hope it's nothing serious, but that really, really sucks because like he was pitching so well that I mean he potentially could have taken uh, you know Pletko or. Uh, Playsack spot in the rotation. And he um, had that so. mysterious tweet about never wanting to fly American Airlines yeah. again like the day after. <laughs> so it I, probably doesn't mean yeah. anything, but <laughs> my relationship with anxiety, I immediately assume he's having major shoulder surgery and they just haven't told yeah, him. Yeah, I hope not. So don't start spreading that rumor. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, so he's, as far as I know, it's just tightness. It's not like a strain or anything super serious, but maybe he just felt a little discomfort there and hopefully that's the worst. But he is not going to be pitching for a little bit here, so unfortunately. And then, you know, Zach Blasick was assigned from Cleveland, but that was more just because they were going to have a National League game, and he wasn't going to be a starter during those games, and they just felt like, get the extra position player. So uh, I think Allen or Playsack will have a start at Columbus uh, coming up here, and then we'll probably rejoin the Indians rotation. Uh, at A, Jose Medina. Uh, was placed on the seven-day injured list with a right calf strain. Tanner Tully got sent back down from Columbus. Uh, his start in Columbus was excellent, though, that he f- uh, filled in. So that was nice to see. And, and he's been a nice little depth uh, option there in starting pitching. Uh, and Jorma Rodriguez had hamate bone surgery. So the dreaded hamate bone, um, which affected you know Daniel Johnson last year and George Valera last year. So it struck again. And then at Lynchburg, Anderson Polanco, who was just activated last uh, podcast, went back onto the seven-day injured list with left shoulder soreness. Catcher Jason Rodriguez was placed on the seven-day IL, so maybe they will promote a catcher from Mahoning Valley, and then Gaynor Diaz can go to Mahoning Valley. And then this one sucks as well. Cody Morris, who has pitched very well this season and had been promoted to Lynchburg, he was placed on the seven-day injured list with a low back strain. And Luke Wakamatsu was placed on the injured list with a right finger sprain. And that's not the worst thing in the world because I think uh, Tyler Freeman has kind of been taking a lot of playing time right now anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So, And then at Mahoning Valley level, uh, Brandon Meyer was sent back to Mahoning Valley from Lake County. And then this one kind of sucks as well. A pretty talented outfielder in the AZL from Central America, Alex Free Playnez 
had hamate bone surgery as well, potentially could be missing, almost certainly will be missing the ACL. Now, onto the good news. Greg Allen promoted to Cleveland and had a hell of a game uh, against Cincinnati. And I'm hoping he sticks around because, I mean, he just, I mean, he's a good player. And it looks like, you know, now that he's not being forced to platoon on the worst side of his switch hitting role, he's getting to shine a little bit at AAA. Kai Tom got promoted to Akron, and then he got or he got promoted to Columbus from Akron. Then he got briefly sent back to Akron, and then he got brought back up to Columbus. So hopefully he stays right there because when he got promoted to Akron or to Columbus, I think he had a three-hit game in uh, his debut for the Clippers. Daniel Johnson was activated. He had been on the inactive list to compete in the Futures game. And Dalbert Siri, flamethrowing relief pitcher, was promoted to Columbus from Akron as well. At the AA level, Nolan Jones, who we talked about, was promoted today from Lynchburg to AA Akron. Uh, ben Krauth was activated off the seven-day injured list. And Chi Wei Hu, who we mentioned had been released last week, must have cleared minor league waivers, and he was demoted to Akron. And hopefully he can figure things out because, you know, this is a guy with like five pitches and potentially, you know, the Indians were hoping he could be a depth starter option and just has really, really struggled. So maybe he can gain some confidence at double at the high A level for Lynchburg, Brock Hartson was promoted from Lake County. Randy Valadaris was promoted from Lake County, left-hand pitcher. Jason Rodriguez was activated from the injured list, so he was activated and placed on. Do you know which happened first? Because I know you you put this one together. Uh. <laughs> okay, whatever. And Wilbus Santiago was activated and also promoted from Lake County. At the Mahoning Valley level, they did actually, you know, I ate that shopping list, but they did actually promote two of the Indians' 2008-19 draft picks to Mahoning Valley because every single 2019 draft pick in the Indians started in the AZL. But two have graduated to Mahoning Valley, and it was right-handed pitcher Matt Waldron, who we mentioned last week in our top five players of the week, just been downright filthy, so absolutely deserves it. So he is on Mahoning Valley now. And also Nick Mikolacek, a right-handed pitcher, was promoted to Mahoning Valley as well. And then a couple other small things. I think the infielder Landy Pena was activated in the AZL and Wilfredo Antunes was activated in the DS. Very, very busy week in transactions. But moving on, we've got our Indians in the cupboard. So these are our prospects that maybe are not in the top 10, but they're people that we feel we should be following along and tracking a little bit throughout the season. We are free to update and change our Indians in the cupboard uh, if whenever we feel like it. And, you know, I've moved on. I had Oscar Mercado, but when he got promoted, I switched to Oscar Gonzalez. I had uh, Raymond Burgos and he pitched well, but he got hurt. So I switched over to Eli Morgan. So, you know, it's, it's in flux throughout the season. So who, how did your Indians in the cupboard perform this week, Matt? I still have Kyle Nelson as my relief pitcher here, and he didn't have a great or very active week in the one appearance that he made. I mean, this happens with relievers sometimes, and I believe it was a shorter week for him too. Just the one inning pitched, gave up a couple of hits, gave up a run. For the season, he still has a great line overall. And then at double A, he still has a 2.38 ERA, 
more than 12 strikeouts per nine, about three walks per nine. So he's more human now than he was at the start of the year, but still somewhat superhuman. Yeah, I, I hope that he can get this kind of fixed out. It looks like he's been scuffling now for about two or three weeks. But let's see him you know, get locked in again, because when he's on, I think last year he had the top FIP maybe of like all pitchers in minor league baseball or something like that. Or maybe it was whip of all pitchers in minor league baseball that qualified like some kind of innings threshold. So I would like to see him get back to that because I would, I mean, who wouldn't love to see uh, a filthy left-handed pitcher out of the bullpen? We could, we could use him. We could, if he's, if he's locked in and then it looks like you made a change for your position player. I have, uh, I decided to go ahead and pick up Yaner Diaz just to show how silly, silly, silly good he's been. His line for the season is 469, 485, 734. No reason for him to be in the AZL. Um, I guess the one thing to point out about him is that he doesn't walk a ton and he doesn't strike out that much either. But I, I, I guess maybe cause for concern is that his BABIP is. <laughs> and that's not counting his home runs either because those don't qualify. So, I mean, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, he is just. I don't think that that actually is a cause for concern because this guy just makes insanely good contact. So with yeah, if you're seeing the ball yeah, well and I you mean, square it, it up every if time, if he's barreling it every at bat, <laughs> his bat hip is going to be nearly 500. Yeah. So moving along now, Brian, who are your Indians in the cupboard? Uh, mine, Oscar Gonzalez had a great week. Uh, classic Oscar Gonzalez line: uh, 385 batting average, 385 on base percentage. Because <laughs> he did not walk or get hit by any pitches like usual, but the slugging was 615 because he hit two home runs uh, and he had six RBIs. So Gonzalez doing Gonzalez things. He's still leading all Indians full season prospects in batting average with 329 on the season. Although his on base is only 347 because he's walked like four or five times. But I'll take it, Oscar doing Oscar things. A lot of multi hit games, smacking some some homers. Always good to see. Um, I think pretty soon he'll be promoted to double A as well, but there is kind of a a log jam because, I mean, you look at even though Kai Tom just got promoted to triple A uh, and Daniel Johnson did earlier this season, I mean, at double A, you've still got Connor Maribel, Mitch Longo, Alex Call, all, and I think Trenton Brooks was promoted from high A to double A as well. So, I mean, you've got at least four outfielders regularly playing at double A. So, Something's going to have to give at some point, uh, but you know, well done for Oscar Gonzalez. And then Eli Morgan had a quality start in his one appearance. He had seven innings pitched, allowed seven hits, one walk, struck out five, gave up three earned runs. So it wasn't the greatest start, but it was a quality start. I'll take it. Um, and it's definitely a lot better than his season worst line that he had the week before. So nice bounce back start for Eli. and. He is still putting up ridiculous numbers this season overall. Uh, 270 ERA, striking out 9.7 per nine and walking 0.6. Keep it up, Eli. Uh, one thing to note, I have gone back to check on Jason Rodriguez and the ankle sprain was announced today. So he is now on the IL um, just to... Uh... <laughs> Make it sure was one of those jason rodriguez out. has entered the game jason rodriguez has left the game yeah. we do have uh, a couple of questions here before we wrap things up uh one from chris d davies just what is the overall likelihood of cobra kai tom making it to the major leagues i i would have said entering the season that it was 
possible, but not super likely because he wasn't putting up those type of numbers that a corner outfielder would need to put up. But he's making me eat my words this season. I mean, he was the top OPS uh, hitter for AA after Daniel Johnson got promoted. And he's still making contact at AAA and, uh, you know, granted one start, but you know, this is a guy that's already, I think, hit a career high for his season in home runs with three months to go or two and a half months to go. So, you know, I'm really excited about uh, what uh, Kai Tom can do. Um, I mean, he's still about a little younger than his age level and, uh, and he's raking. So, I think he does make it to the majors. I don't know if it happens with the Indians just because they have a lot of options right now. Uh, I mean, I mean, Greg Allen is playing great and he's having trouble getting opportunities. So, and then you've still got Daniel Johnson ahead of Tom. Um, but I would say that Daniel Johnson's the only one probably ahead of Tom on the depth chart right now. So if something happens, maybe he does get an opportunity, uh, whether there's injuries or trades or something goes down the line. Um, I mean, he'll be competing for a spot next season for sure in spring training. I, I, I think Daniel Johnson will get it over him. But uh, I definitely feel right now almost certain that Kai Tom will be a major leaguer at some point, though, because uh, he definitely has made some serious improvements. Like I, It looks like he made like a, a launch angle adjustment with his uh, batting profile, and he's just hitting the ball a lot harder and farther. So, And that's exactly the kind of stuff you need, especially – because it seems like defensively he's pretty sound. So if he can, you know, he just be a better, more dangerous hitter, then you're going to get some opportunities. So I do think he makes the big leagues. I don't know what happens with Cleveland, but I do think it yeah, happens. I think what we've seen from him this year, there's a really good chance. And I, I would put it at like 80%, but something like maybe a 20% chance that he sticks around for, say, three seasons as a, sort of a fringe everyday player. And then a two and a half percent chance that he hits 400 home runs in his <laughs> I was, career. I'd say a little lower than that. <laughs> two and a half percent. We're going to have to check all the realities, mm-hmm. see how well I do on that one. But we'll be back in about 30 years to grade that one. And then the last question we got this week, uh, it's Bryce at Hammy Buck. Ha, my buck. H, Amy Buck. The man's name was Bryce and he wanted to know. What's going on with Brady Aiken? And the last that I had heard is just that he's out at driveline baseball working out there. Um, And at that, I spent some time trying to see if there's any additional info. Um, He seems to be pretty active on Twitter. The only thing I've seen was somebody asked the exact same question around July 4th. And Indians baseball insider said that they did not think that he'll be returned for the rest of the season. And, That would not surprise me one bit. I mean, he didn't pitch all of last year. Then he came out this year with a lower velocity than the troubling low velocity he was already at and then got lit up for and only lasted, I think, either two-thirds of an inning or one full inning for his two relief appearances combined and walked like four or five people and just got crushed. So I do not expect him to pitch the rest of the season either. And hopefully, you know, Maybe maybe Bowers guys can pump him up and fix him because it seems like the Indians, yeah, it seems like the Indians strength team could not do it. But if if anybody can fix him, it's driveline. So hopefully we hear some good news with Brady again next year. But I'm not expecting anything the rest of temper your expectations if they were not tempered enough already on Brady Aiken. Well, that brings us to the end 
of Indians on deck. The only other thing I want to point out is uh, you probably don't follow Ernie Clement on Twitter, I do. one of the Indians prospects, but he has he uh, listeners in general probably don't. He has a ridiculous video from the 4th of July on his Twitter where they're just driving to the game and he's extolling on the virtues of hitting massive dingers on the 4th of July. And it's just fun. You should check it out if you have yeah. the means. Clement has some nice personality. And he's actually a prospect that uh, impressed Francona in spring training, if you remember, uh, with uh, the work ethic. And he's not a big power hitter guy, but uh, low strikeouts, gets on base, top of the order type of guy, table setter. And he's having a pretty decent season at Double uh, A. So we'll be paying attention to him and I'll definitely be paying attention to him on Twitter because that's not the only funny video he's been posting. So uh, he had a pretty good one about Phil Mickelson earlier this season too. I'll have to go back and find that one. But thank you again, everyone, for stopping by for another edition of Indians on Deck. Uh, Let us know what you thought and we will be back next week. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.